you could turn to Isaiah 6. Good morning, everyone. It's okay. I'll project. If you think it would be helpful, I can. Bear with me. This is why God gave us wives, so that they can keep us on track. Is that better? Good. Everyone can hear. Great. I feel like we've been, just as a family and uh, a group that we uh, study the Bible with, we've been thinking about Isaiah 6 over and over again for weeks and weeks. Not too long ago, Brother Colin brought some thoughts before us from Isaiah 6 of the Lord high and lifted up. And really, this is what we've had this morning. We've just spent time contemplating and thinking about fixing our eyes on the most powerful picture of glory that the universe has ever known. The Lord Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and His subsequent resurrection. This is the center of all the universe. And the question is, what is our attitude in the presence of such glory and wonder. What is the effect that it has on us to behold something like that? To behold God in all His beauty and glory. Isaiah 6 begins with this sentence, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So who is King Uzziah? I thought this morning we could just look briefly at this experience of Isaiah and compare it, or more like contrast it, to the experience, a similar experience, that King Uzziah died. King Uzziah had in the presence of God. Let's look at that one first. This is in 2 Chronicles 26. Second Chronicles 26. Uzziah was a good king. As we read through the history of the kings, especially the kings of Judah, every once in a while we find one that was pretty good. Maybe they worshipped the Lord. Maybe they called people to holiness. Maybe they got rid of idolatry throughout Judah. And Uzziah was one of these. He was pretty good. However, we read sadly that, this is in Second Chronicles 26, verse 16, But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up 
to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him were eighty priests of the Lord, valiant men. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You shall have no honor from the Lord God. Then Uzziah became furious, and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, beside the incense altar. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him, and there on his forehead he was leprous. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in an isolated house because he was a leper. For he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And then Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. So that is Uzziah. King Uzziah was the king of Isaiah's childhood. He was there for a long time and in many ways did good work for the Lord. But pride got the better of him. Pride had a negative impact in his life. When he got strong, he became proud. This message this morning is all about the difference between pride and humility. His pride led to three things. And I think these are really instructive for us. Three things, three effects of pride in our life. The first one is it led to anger. When Uzziah was confronted by the priest, he became furious. If we are proud, we are going to live our lives constantly angry. Because people are always going to be slighting you. People are always going to be making sure you don't get what you have coming to you. That's just part of being in this world. And if you are a proud person, it's going to lead you to constantly be stewing in fury and anger. And we see it all around us. And sometimes we confess we see it in our own hearts. If you think that highly of yourself, be sure... Everyone else doesn't. And so eventually, you're going to be angry when those people confront you. You know, the interesting thing about Uzziah, he was also called Azariah. That's his other name. We see another Azariah here. At this time in Israel, you had a priest and a king named Azariah. The name means Yahweh is my helper. And so it's almost like you can see him confronting himself. The priest Azariah tells the king Azariah, you are wrong. You don't have a right to be doing what you're doing. And when we're confronted like that, if we're proud, it will lead to fury and anger. So let's be careful. The second thing we notice 
it's going to lead to corruption of our thinking. For some reason, when he responds with that pride, leprosy breaks out on his forehead. Why his forehead? I'm not sure. But I think one thing, it might show a picture of the way that our thinking becomes corrupted by pride. We can't think straight. Sin affects our logic, our reasoning, to the point that we cannot come to the truth anymore. The Bible calls this folly or foolishness. You know, whenever the wicked man says in his heart, there is no God, it's not like all of a sudden everyone is going to see him as an idiot or a fool. He might seem very smart. In fact, some people who deny God are extremely good at using their human reason to get around God, to prove how such and such means there is no God, or all these different things show that every religion is right. We use our reasoning that God has given us to run away from the very God who gave it to us. This is perfectly pictured by Uzziah having that leprosy break out on his forehead. Our minds are to serve God. Our minds are supposed to be submitted to Him. In fact, we're told, worship the Lord your God, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind. Our thinking needs to worship Him, be in service of Him. And when we're proud, don't be surprised if it messes with your thinking. And then the third thing that we see for Uzziah is it leads to isolation. So we don't know exactly how long, how many years this was in his reign, but he ended his life in complete isolation from everyone else. This is the most powerful person in the whole kingdom, but he is out of fellowship with others. Pride is going to lead you to become more and more isolated. Have you ever heard somebody say it's lonely at the top? That's a phrase sometimes we throw around. It's lonely at the top. Well, in a way, that is definitely true. Because once again, when you think you're the center of the universe, then everyone else might just be kind enough to grant you that gift and just let you be the center of your own universe and begin to gravitate away from you. And so let's just take a lesson from Uzziah and know that if we're... And this is young and old alike. I think we all struggle with pride. It's always there trying to show its ugly head. So let's just beware because it will lead us to being angry all the time. I'm not getting what I have coming to me. It's going to lead us to being, uh, you know, corrupt, corrupting our thinking and lead us to become isolated from others and from God. Flip over to Isaiah 6 and we see the beautiful cure. The antidote, the contrast to this kind of pride because Isaiah does not respond when he is in the presence of God, he doesn't respond with pride. You know, Isaiah was also a good person. He was probably descended from the royal line. So in other words, he kind of had royal blood. He, he was a pretty high up there. And so like Uzziah, he might have thought, I'm doing pretty good. You know, when I see a picture of God... I might think in my mind, finally, you know, finally God's, I've got God's attention. I've got a list of things here, and, and he brings out his prayer. But that's not what happened. When Isaiah is confronted with the picture of God that we see in Isaiah 6, 
He says, woe is me. Woe to me. He says in verse 5, woe is me for I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. What a different response. Uzziah was thinking, I have every right to be here in the temple in the presence of a holy God. Isaiah was thinking, I have no right to be in the presence of someone so holy. The difference is not in whether which one was better, it's which one had the accurate view of himself. And Isaiah knew, I may be good, but I'm not like that. His holiness is dangerous for me because I am imperfect. I'm a man of unclean lips. So what does this humility bring to Isaiah? Once again, three things quickly. First of all, it brings simply the presence of God. Because he humbled himself, he was able to enjoy the presence. In other words, he got to stay there. right? So both of these are in the temple. Of course, for Isaiah, this, we, we imagine this is more of a, a, a vision of the heavenly temple. Which one would you rather be in? The physical temple in Jerusalem or the heavenly temple in the presence of actual God, right? So Isaiah, because of his his humility, he was able to enjoy the presence of God. Secondly, he was able to experience the purification of God. He was able to live a life of purity. So we know the story well. After he expresses his dismay, the seraph brings a piece of that holiness, you might say, a, one of those living coals, a piece of that holiness and touches his lips, and instead of consuming him, it cleanses him. It purges him and gives him a sense of, you are welcome here. There's nothing more miraculous than for a sinful man to be declared welcome in the presence of God. A lot of times we miss that. A lot of times we're sitting even in these seats and we're thinking, of course, God's kind of lucky to have me here. You know, I could have been sleeping in bed. God should be thankful that I showed up. We have it backwards. We have no right to have these precious thoughts on our lips and to be in the presence of a holy God. But he's cleansed us. He's purified us. And now we can experience the purification of God. Not just the presence and the purification, but Isaiah receives purpose. So he can experience now a life of purpose. Because then God says, I've got a job to do. Is there anyone who will do it? What's interesting, because he was the only person in the congregation, you know? <laughs> so God puts out the call, who will go for us? And he, you might have said, he might have been looking, maybe you'll do it. Can you do it? No one else was there, but he says, here am I, send me. And from now until his death, probably his violent death, he lived a life filled with purpose because he knew that God had a job for him. And so when you humble yourself before God, you too can experience a life of purpose. We badly need that as human beings. We know in our hearts that we were built for something. We were made for something. The person without Christ, the person outside of God, 
If they will allow themselves to think about these matters, they will realize they're living a life without purpose. And this is why so many turn to things like drugs and different addictive behaviors. Because they're in despair. And well, they should be. Because the purpose that they were created for is not being realized. When something is not doing what it was made to do, what do you do with it? You throw it away. And so, apart from God, we're purposeless. But when we humble ourselves before Him, we can learn what purpose He has for us. So just to close, if you could flip to Luke 14, we see the Lord Jesus give a brief parable that could almost be a kind of like a little explainer for this contrast between Uzziah and Isaiah. In Luke 14, the Lord Jesus, who of course knew more about humility than anyone else could have ever known, and knew more and saw more of the dangers of pride than anyone who has ever been born in this world. And so in Luke 14, if you look at verse 8, maybe verse 7, so he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places, saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him, and he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man, and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher, then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. And this is the key. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That is a key truth that as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to know deep in our bones. And so we have this great contrast from the Old Testament where Isaiah humbled himself in the presence of God and God exalted him. And now we're still reading his words, these beautiful words of prophecy thousands of years later. Uzziah, a powerful man, exalted himself in the presence of God and he had to be humbled. And this led to pain, suffering, and isolation in his life. So may we learn from these examples, and especially from the Lord Jesus, our ultimate example, that he might lift us up in due time for his glory.